Good evening and welcome to the beautiful historical marionette theater. Tonight, we are going to be paying tribute to a star that left us that burned out too soon. Recently, we lost Dame Olivia Newton-John. And tonight, we're going to be discussing one of my favorite 80s romantic comedies, Please take your seats. The show's about to begin. Well, hey there, hi there, and hello there. I cannot believe that summer is almost over, Mr. Smelly. I think so. I think the actual calendar is like a couple weeks away or something like that. Yeah. Um, And as if to prove your point, uh, I was actually cold today. Uh, uh, for a, a little in the morning and then uh, in the evening and actually right now, right now I actually need to have something more than a t-shirt on it's very welcome to feel cold <laughs> it is it's just the uh, the familiar kiss of old man well I'm not going to use the W word no 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 no, no. it's the it crisp uh, autumnal air let's not say the W word Right. It's it's his younger brother, Autumn. There you go. <laughs> and it, it's it's very um thrilling when you get flirted with by Autumn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially here in the, the Northeast. Uh you know, I I, I do wanna brag and say that I believe that New York is the king of all uh autumn locales because we get the the beautiful taste of tuscany with the colors of the leaves that are coming up soon however don't anybody book a plane here yet because (laughs) our drought this summer has pretty much uh determined that this is going to be a a suck fest for color this year that's what i've heard yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the leaves said bye-bye early. Well, that's what they said. They said expect the leaves to not get much more than brown. <laughs> and don't expect them to linger on the trees because they're not. Oh, well, I just had a sip of my iced coffee. No, it's not from the Star Schmucks. It's homemade because uh, we're frugal here. But that reminds me, um, our uh, senior showgirl, she was talking to me the other day because she's not happy about some of the changes here in the theater, Toppy. Oh, I, I, I've, heard, I've heard about it. <laughs> Fill the folks in. There's been there's been work here at the old Marionette Theater. Oh, well, as you might imagine, we're a historical building, and it ain't cheap to keep these old places up and running and... Um, you know, they don't charge us much for rent or at all. Did I say that? But, uh, you know, when we came back from our break here, the landlord had made some changes. They're putting in some upscale apartments where the old dressing rooms used to be. But they kept the most important parts of the theater, where you and I are at the balcony, at least for now. But they've threatened to take away Gertie's concession stand. They want to turn it into a coffee cart. And uh, yeah, Madame... it's, uh, it's what the it's what the kids want today. <laughs> Madame is not having it. Uh, I hear tell she has shown up at one or two town hall meetings. Yes, I've gotten a number of late night calls from her, and uh, she's fit to be tied. 
Well, uh, speaking of tying, I heard that uh, on break she attended a jazzercise class, so we might have updated our routines here. Um, did did the ice cream truck show up tonight? Is she here? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Ger- uh, Gertie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. And I'm a tough old broad. Uh, and uh, it's it's uh, it's going fine. Yeah, I love it. Hi. <laughs> well, madame, I, I'm sorry to have brought my coffee in. Um, I, I know that's a sore subject for you. But, yeah. but uh, while we still have a stage, could you get down there for the folks and let them know what we're discussing tonight? Okay. Okay. Did you tell them I have new um, um, music? I did not, but I did say that you attended a jazzercise class, so I think they're interested in finding out. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, I'm heading down. Okay. I think she's in her place now. What do you think? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Oh, my. Keep it on, Gertie. Debbie is an aspiring actress struggling to make ends meet while living in the Big Apple. One day at work, bad boy Zach catches her eye. So what if he's robbing a bank? He's ambitious and opportunity motivated. Meanwhile, in the hereafter, negotiations are underway to cancel an impending apocalypse. The deal breaker? Hmm, it starts when Debbie slips the guy her number during the heist. And then she pulls the old switcheroo, and the plot thickens. Will Debbie give her new beau the money? Will Zack escape his loan shark? Will humanity survive? Grab some fresh popcorn and some cheese. It's an 80s romantic comedy. It's time for Two of a Kind with Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. Hit it, boys. Season five, here we go. What do you get when you take a dash to the silver screen? A pinch of golden oldies and a smidgen of screaming. It's time for Matinee Minutia with your host, DJ and Toppy. Hey, Toppy, before we get too far into it, for those of you watching on YouTube, yes, we are on camera. So is Mr. Smelly tonight, as he was telling the chat room. I have behind me, because we're discussing uh, Dame Olivia Newton-John, who unfortunately recently left us at the tender age of 73. Um, We have a tribute to Miss Olivia Newton-John going on behind me, and you can catch that if you check us out on YouTube. So, Toppy, it's 1983 in this film, and uh, before we actually talk about what was going on in the world then, I think it might be a good idea for folks to hear the official word. What did Mr. Announcer say about this movie? Are you ready for the trailer? Let's, let's hear Two of a Kind is a film with everything. Great music, lots of laughter, and a splendid cast. Travolta is in all kinds of trouble as the streetwise tough. Olivia Newton-John is the girl who steals his money and his heart. 
Charles Durning plays a most unpredictable angel, and Oliver Reed spreads a little evil as they all join the chase for a large pot of gold. Three thousand dollars. How much? What are you doing? How much? I told you three thousand. How much? All right, five thousand. Five thousand? I don't believe it. Okay, eight thousand six hundred. Eight thousand six hundred. That's all there is. I swear. Eight thousand six hundred. Get it. Your mother's on the phone. With me. Stuart, I, I, I got something for you, man. For her sake, I hope you do, because if you don't, I'm gonna cut her ears off. What if, what if I told you I had, I, had, I had half the money? I only cut off one ear. As the story gallops along and the stakes get higher, Travolta learns a few special lessons and falls in love. What are you gonna do, man? Hey, hey, back behind the barricade. Right, in there. What are you gonna do? We're gonna wait to hear his demands. Oh, just wait, that's it? Andy has to pull some pretty cute tricks to save Olivia's adorable neck as well as his own. With lots of good music by the stars themselves, as well as Boss Skaggs and Chicago, an unusual action-packed plot, and two great comedy performances by Olivia and John, two of a kind is the right kind of movie for a great family evening. Okay, first of all, DJ. Yeah. Did he say Boss Skaggs? Um, I think so in the soundtrack, yes. Okay, in the soundtrack. Also, I I'm just gonna hazard a guess right there. <laughs> that that's not the trailer American audiences would have seen. Oh. I'm pretty sure that is a trailer for Australia. Well, perhaps, but also more distinctively, I should add. But this was the because home video. in okay. those days it was a brand new friends. No, no, we had the luxury of going to the video store because you could catch the uh, the new releases that you you missed a, a few months ago, and you could bring it home and watch it in the privacy of your own living room for the first time. Right, that was uh, that was a big deal. And uh, uh, once that happened, a, a real big deal was on uh, Friday night going over to Blockbuster and wandering the aisles, looking at the cover art for all of those cassettes. And that a lot of times is what sold you the movie. It's the art that was on those boxes. <laughs> and uh, yeah. anyways... DJ, wasn't a 1983, what was going on in the wild oh, at that time? Okay, 1983. Alrighty. The musical Annie was performed for the last time after 2,377 shows. And that's when the world said, yes, that's quite enough. Exactly. And it was at the Alvin Theater, probably not having anything to do with the Chipmunks, but the Alvin Theater on Broadway in New York. Now, two of a kind, the film we're discussing tonight, shared many of the same filming locations for the upcoming movie Annie that was coming out after it was off Broadway. Uh, also in 83, in Hawaii, Mount Kilauea began erupting, and to this day, it is still erupting on some level. Wow. Mm. So, uh, you know, check your real estate investments there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Apple released the Lisa 
No, you're not imagining it. It wasn't called a Macintosh the first time. They The first computers that Apple produced were actually for commercial business use. Lisa. Now, uh, also in 83, the Environmental Protection Agency began evacuation of a dioxin-contaminated small town in Missouri. You know, Dope. You know one of those um, ingredients that's on the label when you look at your laundry detergent? Well, yeah, it, I, it, it made things pretty bad for folks there in Missouri and the town of Times Beach. I think it's in my diet uh, uh, drinks as well. Oh, you know, perhaps they uh, found all sorts of substitutes for things these days. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, um, you know, speaking of Hollywood and, uh, you know, this is a movie, Ronnie Reagan, President Reagan at the time, he announced the Star Wars. No, nothing to do with George Lucas, but it was his missile defense program. We were we were putting guns in space then. Maine schoolgirl Samantha Smith was invited to the Soviet Union after her letter about fears of nuclear war was read. And uh, I'm sure that it touched Gorbachev's heartstrings, who, uh, for those of you uh, paying attention to the headlines and news, uh, Gorbachev recently passed away. Uh, President. By the, by the way, just uh, as an aside, that um, it might have been This American Life, it might have been another podcast, but they had that girl on uh, recently, you know, all these years later mm -hmm. to talk to her about the letter and what it was like going over there and stuff. So it was interesting hearing her talk about it um, and her memories of it after all these years. Hmm. Also in 83, National Mil Missing Children's Day was proclaimed after one of the first missing child cases to have a photo appear on a milk carton. Uh, and it was proclaimed by President Reagan then. In 83, astronaut Sally Ride became the first American woman in space. And then Guifin, I'm going to say this wrong, Guifin Bluford, uh, became the first African-American astronaut in space. So we have lots of firsts in space in 83. Vanessa Williams became the first African-American woman crowned Miss America. Yeah, that didn't last long. Um, Reagan signed a bill creating a federal holiday in the third Monday of every month to honor American civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. About, <laughs> about damn time. Uh, and the FDA approved cyclosporine. Now, you might think that that's an odd name and you've never heard of it. Well, if you have any loved ones who've had an organ transplant, this was a revolutionary drug in 83 before then. Organ transplants did not have a six, high success rate because people rejected them. Uh, they got sick. There were infections. Cyclosporine revolutionized organ transplants back in 83. Wow. We did have some celebrity boys in uh, 83. Uh, one being Carrie Underwood, a well-known country musician. Myla Kunis. She's from that 70s show. She's also on Jupiter Ascending. And, well, she's the wife of Ashton Kutcher. So there you go. Okay. Well, so two of a kind it was. A film. It was on the silver screen back in 83. It was released in December of that year, which uh, might have contributed to some of its uh, troubles in the box office there. 
But as of course we all know here at Matinee Minutia, we love the underdog. In fact, we love the underdog so much, I put it on a leash and I take it for a walk every afternoon. Ah, so ah. <laughs> the top of the box office in 83 consisted of number one, of one of Mr. Smelly's favorite, Return of the Jedi, who was uh, brought in 252 million, so it paid at least for it paid for at least one of George Lucas's houses. Uh, or maybe a, a garage. It's it, it, He does live in California. Number two with box office that year was Terms of Endearment. And that brought in $108 million. And uh, number three, <coughs> $92 million was Flash Dance, which I believe was a musical in part. Uh, it, it, it had, uh, it featured a lot of music, but not a musical like Annie or something like that, but it, yeah, the, the, it, it, the lady, I forget her name, the lady, <laughs> the lady who danced um, with her headband. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, they had all this music she was dancing to. What the hell was her name? Somebody in the chat room. I knows. just know that the iconic scene from that movie has been recreated so many times where somebody pours a bucket over so, of water over someone in a chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, two of a kind brought in was was well, it, it it two of a kind was almost fit for retirement. It was number sixty two at the <laughs> box office that year, and it brought in eleven point eight million. Now, as I said, it was released in December. Maybe if it had gotten a spring or a summer release, because it's a romantic comedy, it might have fared better. Um, now this is part of the trivia and I'll, I'll mention it now cause I, I didn't write it down, but part of the reason they had trouble with the release for two of a kind was the person doing the soundtrack, the composer, uh, it changed hands at least a couple of times. So when it was ready to be screened by the decision makers of the movie theaters, the folks that decide if they're going to show this film, well, they didn't have a copy for them to see it. So... They didn't know about it until it was ready to come out. Uh, so anyways, uh, one better than two of a kind was a film called Death Stalker. Now, this was an action adventure fantasy about a lone warrior nicknamed Death Stalker who was sent out by a witch on a quest to find a sword, a chalice, and an amulet. Uh, I don't remember that one. No, no big names that I know of. I'm sure it's a cult classic by this time, but it's it brought in 11.9 million. Now, uh, one below the rung of Two of a Kind was a film called Zelig. I want to say it was number sixty-three. Uh, I think I think it was pronounced Zelig. Zelig. This was a film with Woody Allen and Mia, Fer Mia Farrell. They they hadn't divorced yet. Uh, it brought in eleven point seven million, and uh, it, it sold itself as a documentary. It might be more of a mockumentary because it was a, a fictional character, but it was about a man who can look and act like whoever he's around and meets various famous people. So sort of a, a human chameleon. Yeah. I got to say one of my favorite Woody Allen movies, uh, this is Zelig. And uh, it was shot as a documentary. It was completely fictitious, of course, but it was given today. Uh, I, I don't know, documentaries, maybe because they're accessible now on Netflix, et cetera. People are really watching documentaries. Whereas, I don't know, people weren't 
you just documentaries did not get around to the big screens back in the day. They just weren't booked. But now people are really watching documentaries all the time. And if you haven't seen Zelig, this would be a great time because it is a very clever, very cleverly put together as a documentary. I heard you say something, but nope. Okay. Um, anyways, so yeah. Uh, now would be a great time to see, see Zelig if you are a lover of documentaries. It is really clever. Very funny. So the Marionette Theater is a celebrated venue and many things have been here, including Magic X. We like to think of the person who made the movie, the director, as the magician of the film. So Mr. Smelly, please tell us a little about the guy who made this film. Okay, his name's John Hertzfeld. Uh, he was born in New Jersey. Um, he kind of he started out as an actor, oddly enough. You would have seen him uh, as the subway mugger in Death Wish. He was in Serpico. Um, and he was in a lot of television shows. Kojak, Barretta. Oh, he played Starsky's brother in Starsky and Hutch. Was Starsky the blonde-haired one? I don't even remember. Um, uh, but then Hertzfeld kind of found his home <clears throat> behind the camera. And he started writing and he started producing and directing a lot of television stuff, a lot of television movies. One would be the Ryan White story with George C. Scott, Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, uh, a movie called Daddy with Dermot Mulroney and Patricia Arquette. I don't know that one. Uh, the Preppy Murder with Danny Aiello <clears throat> and San Sandra Bullock. Another one was A Father's Revenge, and Brian Dennehy was in that. Um, and he actually, uh, 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 now I'm not sure if this is the director won the Emmy or Brian Dennehy won an Emmy, but uh, there was an Emmy nominated. Oh, maybe it was for the writing, which could be that then that the, the Emmy went to uh, the guy we're talking about, John Hertzfeld. Okay. So um, he did uh, uh, get an Emmy nomination for reels for his HBO film, Don King, only in America. And uh, it actually did win the Directors Guild of America award. Uh, it was uh, Don King, only in America, was also nominated for two Golden Globes. It won the Critics' Choice Award, the Writers Guild of America award, and the coveted Peabody Award, uh, the industry's most, well, it's, you know, it's called the industry's most prestigious honor. Hertzfeld wrote and directed uh, the stylishly searing 15 minutes for the big screen, and that was a Robert De Niro uh, movie, <clears throat> uh, and it had Oh, it also had Kelsey Grammer and Vera Farmiga. Is my pronouncing her name right? I never know how to pronounce Vera's name. I think you have it right. All right. <clears throat> he also wrote and directed Two Days in the Valley. And, uh, and in 2003, he did The Italian Job. <clears throat> and to date, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's not correct. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he did... He did uh, he wrote a movie called uh, 
and directed Two Days in the Valley. And it introduced the actor Charlie Theron, who was in Cider House Rules. Um, Okay, let's talk about the cast, DJ. Okay, we have just a moment here before we go to our our short little break. We're going to be discussing Dame... um, (laughs) <laughs> let me think here dame olivia newton john she's one of my favorite 80s actresses you'd think i could get this right um but uh yeah dialing it back here to uh mr hertzfeld he worked with bing rames which some of you may know did a remake of kojak and uh he was one of my uh, he's in one of my favorite sort of pop culture movies a little stinko film called um Oh, um, Holiday Heart, which despite its title has nothing to do with the holidays and it has everybody's favorite crazy lady who was in Star Trek First Contact. And I'm trying to remember her name right now. Um, I mean, the, the board queen? No, no, no. She was the, yes, the inventor's assistant. Oh. Um, oh. Alfrey Woodard. Alfred Woodard, yeah. Okay, so that uh, brings me forward to right about the halfway mark here. We're going to step on over to Don't You Dare Call It the Coffee Bar. And uh, we're just going to slip a little something into our drinks here because Madame Gertie, she's back on the wagon and uh, she's pouring us... uh, uh, virgin drinks here so for your <laughs> maybe yours is virgin oh i'm sorry did i say that okay so for your listening enjoyment we have an interview with john travolta and olivia newton john doing their pr tour and they happen to stop by the tonight show now every once in a while the uh the leading man of the show he has to have a night off, and, well, who was his backup for a time? Of course, New York's finest comic, Joan Rivers. Here's Joan Rivers, and uh, she's interviewing the cast from Two of a Kind. First of all, oh, please. Yeah. You, oh, you, you always hope that they'll look terrible backstage. You know, there's always, like, you can no say the chance. camera's kind to them. They, Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta, two of the biggest stars, got together five years already, five years ago in Greece, which was the, one of the largest money makers at that time. They're now doing another movie together called Two of a Kind. They've just released an album called, again, Two of a Kind with Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta on it. And would you please help me introduce, they're such a great looking couple and nice and bright and witty and talented and it breaks my heart. Mr. John Travolta and Miss Olivia Newton, you look great together, you know that. You look, are you an item? <laughs> no, well, you're holding yes. hands to begin with. Because we're nervous. We're shaking. Sure. We're shaking, right? No, but certainly, because you like dark-haired men, yes. right? Well, I've always read about you. And you, I know, like blonde ladies, right? <clears throat> so, uh... <laughs> oh, sure. Tease, tease, tease. I'm holding myself back for Sylvester Stallone. Now, tell me about the two of you. Enough with that. Let's get right to this. You're still holding hands, and you're no longer nervous. No, no, no. <laughs> I've got a break. <laughs> Nor is he. <laughs> Olivia's more calm about doing these shows. I get very nervous doing these shows. How it's can you be nervous? You're sitting with a best friend, as they say. It helps. Yeah, it's really good friends. Well, are you still, good friends? Yeah, very good friends. When did you become good friends? Um, and how good? From... <laughs> Do you call... Oh, you don't want to know? <laughs> <laughs> then don't give me all. If you don't want to know, 
We'll talk about the movie. All right, now. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you. Yes, tell us. We, actually, we became good friends during the making of Grease because both of us, I mean, it was a new experience for me to do a film, and John was incredibly helpful to me during the making of the film. And he'd been going through some personal problems, and so had I, so we, we became friends. We're both really. virgins, you see. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> Changed. Did you help each other through that awkward step? <laughs> you are <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about your boutique, but before, just in case you run out of time, because you had this great boutique with the because you're both into clothing now, yeah. right? But tell us, because you do so many things. Mm -hmm. Tell me though a little bit about two of a kind, because you brought a clip, and that's really why. You're here. Not that I don't love you. Olivia explains it better than I do because I have a limited vocabulary. Oh, sure. <laughs> the movie is, um, it's, the reason we chose it, to cut a long story short, is that it was very different. It's a different kind of script. It's not a musical. And it was the first time that we had a chance to do a film that wasn't a musical because everyone believed, hopefully, that our chemistry works without the music. So um, it's a... And it's hardcore. Oh, great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, a little bit of fantasy and a, um, a bit of adventure, and it's fun. I think it's a, it's a family entertainment film. And we get to play rather bad people, so we play against ourselves. That's which the, is good the most fun. clever part of it. What, what, it's a bit tough, you know, we play a bit of good. Because we have a sort of a good image, I think. Oh, you have a, what, before the show. You have a wonderful <laughs> American, we help the image, you know. Yeah. I thought, who better than uh, Joan Rivers to give us a taste of the Big Apple, which is the setting for Two of a Kind, and she's the quintessential 80s New York comic. There you go. Well, you heard uh, Olivia Newton-John talking about acting versus singing and all that, so fill us in on Olivia. All right. So Dame Olivia Newton-John, because she was given the uh, the the uh, order of the uh, the British Empire. She was honored for her service in the realm of entertainment, and she was actually born in England. Now, in this film, she played Debbie, who was a struggling actress. A, a little autobiographical there. Uh, and uh, Olivia Newton-John's maternal relations were of Jewish descent. And her father was an intelligence agent with MI5. You know, the folks that give the, the report to uh, the lady at the top there. Okay. And uh, when she was six, the family moved to Australia, where her father taught, of all things, German. Her first <laughs> U.S.-released film was Greece in 78, which, of course, featured Mr. John Travolta, her uh, screen partner in this film, Two of a Kind. Also, it starred uh, one of Dad's favorite actresses and uh, radio uh, personalities, Eve Arden. If you have never seen Greece, where have you been living under a rock? Uh, Newton John was appointed officer of the Order of the British Empire in 79 on New Year's. Uh, honors and uh, Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire. So she got uh, another pip in her, or a little another feather in her cap in 2020. And uh, for services to charity, cancer research, and entertainment. Now, Olivia Newton-John was a four-time Grammy Award winner whose music career included five number one hits and many other top ten hits on the Billboard Hot 100. 
two number one albums on the Billboard 200, which included the titles If You Love Me, Let Me Know from 74, and Have You Never Been Mellow in 75? Mm. Oh, you heard her all over the radio in the 70s. You did, and uh, she wasn't afraid to branch out and try something different. 11 of her singles, including two platinum, and 14 of her albums, which included two platinum and four went double platinum, have been certified gold by the Recording Industry of America. Now, with global sales of more than 100 million records... Newton John is one of the best-selling music artists from the second half of the 20th century to present. Now, she's a lady who wore many different hats. Again, we recently lost her at 73. She had only 25 acting credits. So as somebody who, uh, you know, put her hat in the ring, that's not a lot of work. Uh, But she was busy in the studio, of course. She released 28 studio albums, six live albums, 17 collaborations or compilations, as they call them, and four soundtracks. Now, three of which are Christmas albums. And after Two of a Kind, sadly, she wouldn't appear in any other acting role until the 90s. And we've talked about this film actually possibly in her first season. It was A Mom for Christmas which was a television movie, folks. So go back and look for that on our our webpage archive there. Newton John, who battled breast cancer three times, folks. She was a survivor and uh, a fighter. She was an advocate for breast cancer research, and she also was an activist for environmental and animal rights causes. Dame Olivia passed away on August 8th of this year. And I just want to go on to say real quickly before we move on to the rest of the cast, uh, from time to time we have a watch party and we sometimes will watch something or enjoy something that we don't dedicate an episode to. One of those was the 80s musical film Xanadu. And I just, uh, I I, um, I look back at that film with awe and, and appreciation because I can't think of anyone more dignified and classy than Olivia Newton-John to star in the last screen role of Gene Kelly, who himself was a choreographer, and how fitting that she got to dance with him in his last film. On roller skates. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was was fun. Uh, We did do that. By the way, we tried to uh, advertise. Oh, Lamont Cranston's here. Hi, Lamont. Um, uh, we try to advertise uh, our watch parties. They're usually on a Saturday evening around 5 uh, Eastern Daylight Time. And uh, we'll put it out there on Twitter and Facebook. And if, if, you've, got, uh, if you've got the Facebook, uh, just uh, watch for the announcements on Metname Minutia because the watch parties are something anybody can can come and participate in and it's it's a little more than just sitting there watching the movie uh, it's uh, if if you're viewing the right place you can hear dg and i talking over the movie about what we're seeing and you can uh communicate in the chat room so it's it's a bit of a larger experience than than just uh, watching the movie 
uh, in a solitary way. At any rate, we do that from time to time. So watch out for the announcements on Twitter and Facebook. But let's talk about John Travolta. Oh, let's please. Now, I, I have it under good authority that you say someone bears a resemblance to him in your family. <laughs> well, I, I've always thought so. My mother was the first one to point it out. And then I, I, I kind of agree even today. My brother it looks a lot like John Travolta. He's got the same jet black hair, which has just a teensy bit of gray in it now. Whereas I'm all gray. <laughs> Anyways, uh, John Travolta, uh, what can you say about him except I, I consider his career almost legendary. So <clears throat> he plays Zach opposite Olivia, and uh, he was born in New Jersey. Um, and his mother was an actress and a dancer. So he got enrolled in drama school in New York and he studied voice and dancing and acting. And as you can see, he put it to good use in his movies, three, at least three of which featured his dancing. Um, he landed his first uh, professional job in Summerstock. At the age of 16, he was in the production of the musical Bye Bye Birdie. And this I did not know. I did not know that John Travolta was in the opening of uh, the Broadway production of Grease. Hmm. I didn't know that. No, I, I had no idea. I guess he had a little bit more rehearsal under his belt. Well, <clears throat> uh I, I, I just thought the movie was the first time he did Grease. Not true. He was only 18 when he did Grease on Broadway. Um, he did a lot of other things on Broadway. Travolta grew up across the Hudson River from Yonkers. His dad had a tire business. Yeah. So after some stints on Broadway, which is also, he was also an over here which was a musical that starred the Andrew sisters. And he did that for 10 months. And he decided uh, Hollywood was calling. And he had no trouble at all getting on numerous television shows. So we're talking about 1972 here, maybe even earlier. Uh, he did The Rookies. He did Emergency. He did The Medical Center. Also, he was able to, uh, around... Uh, 73 74 he did a movie called the devil's reign which uh wasn't released it kind of stayed on the shelf because it was a real stinker <laughs> <laughs> william shatner's in it oh. along with ernest borgnine and some other people anyways it was a terrible stinker and they were so embarrassed by it they didn't release it but after john travolta made it big in Saturday Night Fever, they said, let's release it. <laughs> and the advertisement said, like, oh, starring John Travolta. Well, he's hardly in the damn movie. <laughs> Anyways, his big breakthrough was on TV, 1975. Who can forget the character of Vinnie Barbarino in Welcome Back, Cotter? And he was kind of the standout in that show. He started getting all the good lines. His character was funny and a very Lords of Flatbush kind of thing. Um, and the, the TV series ended up being a hit. Um, so, uh, by the way, 
uh, you know, I don't know if he did Saturday Night Fever on his summer break from the series or whatever, but of course that movie was a smash hit for him, Saturday Night Fever, and he was still under contract to be Vinnie Barbarino, and he fought like hell to get out of the contract, and they they uh, went back and forth, and they finally arbitrated uh, like he would appear in the next season for six episodes and six episodes only, and that is exactly what he did, and then Vinnie Barbarino was gone from Welcome Back, Cutter. So Two of a Kind was Trolta's ninth film. Uh, he did Staying Alive, a sequel to Saturday Night Fever the year before, and uh, he was in Perfect, which I think may have came out in 83. Oh, it was 85, I guess. Perfect. That was a movie he did with Jamie Lee Curtis, another kind of romantic comedy. Uh, she was an aerobics instructor, and uh, he was a reporter, and they fell in love, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Travolta uh, was averaging about a film of a, a, film a year, um, and it included, uh, what's the one where he's the Western? He does all the Western dancing. Oh, um, Urban Cowboy? Urban Cowboy, another smash hit, another movie that uh, was featured him dancing. Um, he was really making it big, and then suddenly he wasn't. <laughs> uh, he made some flops. Perfect was one of them. Staying Alive was another flop. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, and he did moment by moment where he uh, played opposite Lily Tomlin, and that pretty much killed. Well, that pretty much killed his career. It was a. <laughs> It was, oh, nobody wanted to see that movie. And, uh, you know, it looked like maybe that was the end, except uh, he did a great movie by Brian De Palma called Blowout that suddenly, it actually did great at the box office. And critically, uh, uh, critics loved his performance in it. Uh, so that was, a, it wasn't a great hit, but it certainly came back a bit uh but it's really big return we're in these kind of silly comedies uh about a, a baby that talks <laughs> and uh you might remember those what the what the hell were they called uh, oh, look who's talking yeah and uh i i will admit that that is the only girl date that i ever went on <laughs> really oh that's a story for another time exactly uh uh anyways they they were little trifles of movies but people thought it was funny and he was great opposite christy alley so they really made a lot of money and uh it really boosted his career and uh the next thing that happened to him was he ended up being in a real smash hit and a real comeback for him and that was uh his big hit with um i can't even find the title here where'd it go oh, i'm down i'm down at charles durning i'm reading charles durning i'm supposed to be oh. reading john travolta <laughs> are you thinking of pulp fiction i'm thinking of pulp fiction that was his real that weirdo character, that weirdo, let's face it, that was a weirdo movie. Oh, it's so good, so well done. I can't watch it. I I watched it with my best friend in high school, 
but I, I have problems watching it again because of the scene where the guy's head gets blown off in the car. Okay, Travolta's in that scene. Uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, it is, well, it's Quentin Tarantino at, at his most brutal. And, uh, but the thing is, it's there's a lot of brilliant things in that movie. And one of them is Travolta's performance opposite. E- Uma Thurman? Nah, well, yes, but who's the guy? The guy he was with all the, through the whole movie. Was that Woody Harrelson? No, okay. the black guy, the black guy. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I, I'll, I'll look real quickly here. I'll just whistle to your snakes on a train. Stop. That, uh, oh, um, Wesley Snipes. No. <laughs> no, 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 oh, Lord. no, snakes on the tree. Uh, anyway, someone in the chat room will get it. Oh, my God. Uh, that's funny. Oh, uh, he's, he does Capital One commercials now, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's it. Oh, for God's sake. Anyways, to date, Travolta has 86 acting credits. You can see him uh, most recently in American Crime Story on FX TV. Uh, um, I think he's being very well received in that. He was also cast in the lead of a recent film, Gotti, the story of crime boss John Gotti and his son. So he's still out there, uh, even with some really horrible tragedies in his life, the death of his son, the death of his wife. uh, uh, I'm sure that really waylaid him. Uh, but uh, he's he's still out there getting it done, and I think he's still uh, considered. I think people really still like him, so I hope he'll do some more really good movies. Yes, and in between movies, he gets to see Kirstie Elliott Church. <laughs> no, <laughs> I remember the other scene that makes it difficult for me to watch Pulp Fiction. Oh, uh, which one? Uh, oh, if, if anyone has an aversion to needles, which Okay, I'll admit I have at least one tattoo, but I cannot stand the scene where he has to jab the adrenaline needle into the heart of the guy on the floor who's overdosed. Oh, my <clears> God. <throat> that was a great scene along with Uma Thurman in that. And uh, I'll tell you, it was it was so Quentin Tar- Tarantino. The, the, the part that I couldn't watch and found really difficult was the, the, when Bruce Willis was, uh, came into a story towards the end. Whew, like, oh, my God. Ah! Oh, well. Anyways. Uh, you know, my takeaway from Pulp Fiction is I would really like to know what the hell is in a $5 milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> from 1995, I think so. With inflation, let your imagination run with it. Okay, so the next member of the cast that we're going to talk a little about is a, a father figure, if you will, Mr. Charles Durning. Now, he plays one of the angels in this film, because this is uh, one of several films from the 80s and 90s that has uh, meddlesome guardians that uh, mean well and manipulate things. So, Charles Durning, who I recently learned is only a year different in age from uh, Carol O'Connor, the uh, the dad from uh, 
you know, while all in the family. All, all the family, yep. But uh, in this film, in Two of a Kind, Charles Durning played Charlie, the angel. And uh, Mr. Durning was born, well, some people would call it upstate, but it's just up the river from Manhattan. He was born in Highland Falls, which is a, a bedroom community. That's what we call the places where fewer people uh, work there than live there. And uh, it's an hour north of New York City along the Hudson. Durning started acting on television in the early 60s. He was a veteran of World War II, dance instructor, surprisingly, and diversely talented stage and screen actor. All were included on his resume of this perpetually busy U.S. actor who didn't get in front of the cameras until around the time of his 40th birthday. So, you know, he might have already had his family and he stepped in front of the camera. Uh, Charles Durning was considered to be stockily built, so he's sort of a, a big guy and was one of Hollywood's most dependable and sought-after supporting actors. Now, let's see here. His uh, his mom was, uh, she worked at a laundromat, and his father was an Irish immigrant. And during, uh, oh, Durning first got his start in guest appearances in the early 60s on TV shows. He scored minor roles over the next decade until he really got noticed by fan, uh, by films that uh, fans as the sneering corrupt cop Lieutenant Snyder hassling street grifter Robert Redford in the multi-award winning mega hit The Sting of 73. It's one of those where no, nobody knew who the hell he was. And, you know, if you go back and see The Sting, you go, oh, my God, Charles Durning is in that movie. Who knew? Durning was equally entertaining in the Billy Wilder production of The Front Page the year after in 74. And he supported screen tough guy Charles Bronson in the sup suspenseful Western Break Heart Pass in 75. And is uh, featured as the sperm whale Whalen. In the story of the unorthodox, un or let me put my teeth in unorthodox, unorthodox police behavior in the Choir Boys in '77. So, just a little more about Mr. Durning. The versatile Durning is equally adept at comedic roles and demonstrated his skills as Jock Hopper in the Muppet movie of '79. Probably one of the first times I got to see him. Uh, he was a feisty football coach in the North Dallas 40 in 79, and a highly strung police officer berating Maverick cop Burt Reynolds in Sharky's Machine in 81. Oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, continue. <laughs> and a light-footed dancing governor along Burt Reynolds once more in the best little whorehouse in Texas. Now, I love me some Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds. Can you believe I have not yet seen that yet? Well, I'll be honest, I haven't either. Uh, and I kind of like to. I'd kind of like to. I, By the way, my favorite uh, Charles Durning movie is definitely Tootsie. I love his character oh, yes. in that movie. That that was such a, uh, a heartwarming story that he falls for Dustin Hoffman in drag. And uh, yeah, you just have to watch it. So Durning continued a regular on-screen association with Burt Reynolds, appearing in several more T uh, feature films, such as yeah. Dr. Harlan Elridge in the highly popular TV series Evening Shade, which is on CBS. Oh, forgot about that. Yeah, Burt Reynolds liked 
to have his friends around him when he was in movies. He, he actually liked to make his movie sets uh, just good old boys sitting around doing crazy things. And so he would often have the same people in his movies. So they, they were probably definitely friends. Let's see. And uh, on par with his multitude of feature film roles, Durning has always been in high demand on television and has had guest stars in Everybody Loves Raymond at 96. He was in Monk in 2002 and Rescue Me in 2004. I do believe he also did some voice work on um, Fox's Family Guy. He was Peter Griffin's dad. And plus, he has appeared in the role of Santa Claus in five different television movies. Ah, I, I take it they were unrelated. Like, he just happened to be Santa Claus five times. Yes. Now, um, going back to a moment when I mentioned Gene Kelly and dancing, uh, ironically, of course, um, Charles Durning uh, was somebody who passed his time between acting gigs, so to speak, by... Um, teaching dancing and oh, i didn't know that yes he, he he kept his dance shoes around and um oh, one of the other films that we have done a watch party and we haven't uh, actually yet devoted an episode to was jody foster's directorial debut um which was home for the holidays that starred holly hunter but charles Durning was the father in that and that actually was one of Anne Bancroft's last starring roles. So uh, it's quite um, apropos that Charles Durning, who passed his time as a dance instructor between acting gigs, actually got to dance with Anne Bancroft in one of her last film roles. Uh, did we do Home for the Holidays? We yeah, did, didn't we? We did. We had a watch party of that, and it was actually just a... Uh, after Thanksgiving, I think maybe in her second year, but uh, definitely yeah. worth a revisit because, uh, you know, I, I can't say no to a Jodie Foster film, whether she's behind the camera or in front of it. Yeah. Uh, this is your pick, DJ, to the kind. Tell me, tell me why, uh, what you remember of it. And uh, I, I take it you, uh, this is, this is, has some nostalgic value for you. It does. And, you know, I, I, I mostly, when uh, we had these opportunities to talk about people who were in headlines, especially having sadly lost uh, Dame Olivia Newton-John uh, recently, I like to think of the films that people maybe haven't seen her in. Now, of course, she wasn't a big name in other than music, really, so it, it's it's not hard to, to come by. But uh, Two of a Kind was one of those many films that I caught at home with dear old dad and it was on the home box office and just like the trailer because it was available for home viewing but uh you know i i remember catching two of a kind and uh it just such a wonderful cast all of the angels pretty much are character actors who are in their twilight you have and toppy you could tell you some of the names but the the uh the red-haired lady who was in Poltergeist. Mercedes Cam Cambridge. Cambridge. And we have Scatman Carruthers, who was yeah. in The Shining as the Handyman. And, yeah. of course, Charles Turning. <clears throat> and who of all was the booming voice of God? Uncredited, Toppy. Do you recall that? 
Yeah, uh, and I'm not, I'm not sure I would have recognized it had you not pointed it out to me when we were watching it. But it was Gene Hackman. It was. So, you know, the, the, the voice of God was Gene Hackman, who around this time was was helping out the bad guy in the Superman movie. So that that's a little, uh, you know, twist uh, of the knife, if you will. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to know why he did it. Uh, he missed, he must have known, maybe he knew the director and he just said, hey, how would you like to do this? Because Gene Hackman has done that kind of thing many times. He, he, he just will take a part, most famously Young Frankenstein, where he plays the blind man. Hmm. Uh, and and other movies where he just just uh, he just kind of drops in and does something. So you know, if it was me, I would have done it just to hang out at craft services at the chance of meeting Olivia Newton-John in her thirties. <laughs> well, there you go. So okay, well, this was um, my first time seeing it ever, <clears throat> and um, it was somewhat shocking uh, seeing Olivia Newton-John with a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps people at the time thought she was quite attractive. I, I, I'm sure it was the mullet, but I remember thinking, oh my, they are not, they are not showing Olivia Newton-John here uh, in the best way. Mm -hmm. I just felt like, oh, what are you guys doing to her? You're not making her look good at all. But probably back in the day, pro probably people thought, didn't think twice about it and she was probably considered quite quite beautiful i i just had a i just had a problem and i think it was just a mullet <laughs> my problem so. was that during that time what we call chunky jewelry was so popular <laughs> and, and i think judging from her ears somebody's front door was missing a knocker <laughs> Oh my God, that's funny. Um, uh, yeah, I, I had some problems with the movie. Uh, I, I first of all, I'm I, the director just was not he was not up to this material at all, and um, and the choices. I I think all they really needed was one angel. One angel would have been enough. <laughs> I don't know why they thought they needed four freaking angels, but they did. Uh, Charles Durning would have been just fine uh, playing one angel. I I just I don't know why they wasted the talents of of everyone else in there. And uh, one of the big reasons I, I can tell you the director didn't know what he was doing is I love slapstick. Mm -hmm. There is a pie fighting scene in this movie. <laughs> this movie that tries really hard to be a screwball comedy and kind of fails because the director didn't know how to do a screwball comedy. But if I'm not laughing in a pie fight scene, there's something wrong. That guy did not know how to direct a pie fight scene. There are certain things you do in a pie fight. One is you take your fingers and you go, ah! and then you go, oh, you did that to me. And you look around and you say, I'm going to do this to you. You grab a pot. The guy didn't know how to direct a pie fighting scene. Oh, oh, that um, that's kind of um you know, uh, uh, in tribute to the days of um, the Three Stooges, of course. Slapstick. Well, they were famous for it, but yeah. there were other great pie fighting scenes. 
um, you know, I mean, there was an incredible one in, um, uh, all of a sudden I can't think of it. Anyways, there's been many great pie fighting scenes. Mm -hmm. And who doesn't laugh at a pie fighting scene? I did not laugh in this movie with that pie. Anyways, uh, there was some other things. I, 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 look, what, what they had the potential for was reuniting Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. That's all they had to do. Right. That's all they had to do. <laughs> Put them in a movie together. And the moments where this movie is great is when they're showing them falling in love uh, and they're together and they're enjoying each other's company and they're playing around and they're great together. That's all they had to do was think of a story to get them together. But this story was not it. <laughs> was not it. Oh, well, before we uh, we finish walking out to the lobby here, I want to give an honorable mention because um, amongst the cast of all those uh, mischievous winged people, the guardians, the angels, was one Mr. Oliver Reed and... He played sort of the, uh, you know, the dirty deed guy, the devil. Well, yeah, we're led to believe he's actually the devil. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of trivia that some of you music fans might enjoy is at the conclusion of the chaos at the plaza, because this is where the, 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 uh, the pipe breaks and the sprinklers go off and the devil has a little fun with folks. Um, he, he's called Beasley is the devil. Uh, let's see, There's a, he has an uncredited rendition of one of the Beatles' lesser-known songs called Rain. Now, uh, it was a radical departure from the love songs that have catapulted the band to international acclaim, and it was the first single to incorporate various studio distortion techniques that would quickly become standards, so some, some modern uh, techniques of music not only in their own catalog, but throughout the entire music industry. So, ergo, uh, Oliver Reed as Beasley, the mischievous devil character, his unspoken implication is the sinister Mr. Beasley was the the uh, mastermind behind the corruption of the Beatles. Yeah, <clears throat> actually, Oliver Reed's participation is, is, uh, <laughs> is uh, one of the nice touches because he makes a good devil do you think that they intended his mustache to look fake and stuck on or was it just something they didn't notice it was a terrible mustache <laughs> it looked like it was glued on from a, a kitty disguise kit I, I yeah i would agree i have to wonder if it was a deliberate attempt because I, you know that's what i'm asking yeah oh, yeah yeah i'm sorry uh you know to um to take us back to all of the stories with dastardly devils who, uh, you know, leaves a woman tied up on the train tracks. Mwah. Yeah, but, I, but it looks so fake. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Oliver Reed was, was a fun devil in the movie. Um, uh, uh, any other uh, bits of trivia? Did we cover them all? Uh, you had there here. I I think so. Uh, the soundtrack went platinum. I mean, yeah, so, yeah. That that's that was kind of funny because the movie did not exactly take off, but the soundtrack did. Oh, and yeah. real quick, the uh, the other films that uh, 
had angelic comedies from this era was Heaven Can oh, Wait yeah. from 78. Heaven Can Wait. Two of a Kind in 83. The Devil and Max Devlin in 81. Defending Your Life in 91. Oh, Heavenly Dog in 80. Kiss Me Goodbye, 82. There's a few others here I haven't heard of. Uh, Almost an Angel. And, oh, of course, the iconic George Burns film, Oh God, in 77. And its sequels. And... Yeah, uh, Olivia Newton-John sung the theme to this film, which has a music video, so, you know, you could look for it, and uh, it features scenes from the movie. Yeah, uh, I don't know what was going on with all of those somebody goes to heaven and then comes back kind of movies, <laughs> but yeah, in the 80s, they had a crap load of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, weird. So we are out here at the lobby, and this is the time where we talk about other films that you might like if uh, if you've either seen Two of a Kind and you enjoyed it, or if you like things of this ilk. So I'll go ahead and uh, make my recommendation. So from a few years after Two of a Kind, in 87, there was a, a rather wonderful film starring Phoebe Cates, who was the the love interest in the Gremlins movie, if you remember that. And uh, she did another film called Drop Dead Fred that a lot of people don't remember, but it had Marsha Mason in it. And uh, this was a film called Date with an Angel. And the story is an aspiring composer discovers a broken-winged, beautiful angel in his swimming pool. When everyone finds out he must deal with his jealous fiance, his future father-in-law, and his friends who have a business plan. Date with an Angel from 87. Um, <clears throat> as I recall, uh, that was supposed to be a big breakout role for the male lead who had starred for years on the soap All My Children. Uh, anyways, uh, for some reason that just came to mind. And and it, I think it may have been the only movie he ever did. And he went straight back to All My Children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I remember that going around, um, but I, I never saw that one. So I'm going to say, you know, for goodness gracious, if you want to see a good John Travolta and Livy Newton-John movie, you don't have to look anywhere past Greece. They are so great in that. And they are so great together. They tried like hell to do it again with two of a kind. And like I say, that that's all I needed to do was have them be in the scenes together. And there was just not enough of that to save that movie. Uh, and they are absolutely phenomenal in Greece. Um, I would also say, if you really want to see, you know, a funny comedy with John Travolta, uh, those Look Who's Talking movies fit the bill. They're funny. And he's funny in them. So that's my recommendation. Okay. So uh, before we say goodnight, Toppy, would you do me a favor and look over the balcony and let us know who is in the chat room? Oh, with pleasure, because we're always happy people come by to see us. We've got uh, tonight, we have Lamont Cranston. Thanks for coming by, Lamont. Marin Gertz, thank you, Marin. Got our pal, Tommy Hashbrowns. And we have V-Money, 7707 who came in and joined us as well. So thank you all for coming. Oh, and Billy was there for a while, too. Okay. So despite renovations, we managed to find 
the magician's bag of coins. Although there are a few other things missing and uh, Gertie is making a list. Uh, but anyways, uh, as we've said, the marionette has been a celebrated venue of many a splendored thing. Magicians have been here in vaudeville acts. Let's make some magic happen, Toppy. Let's find out what's coming up next. Hand me those coins. Here you go. Righty, will you hand that capsule to me, sir? Here you go. Oh, there you are. Okay, I'm going to open this up. All right, so we normally do this the first and third Friday of the month. And, of course, when we come back from our su summer hiatus, we, uh, we skip the holidays. So this is already the middle of the month. Next time we meet up is going to be October, so it will be fall. Friday, October 7th, in three weeks. Mark your calendars. Don't come back next Friday. It's a little bit of a break. Gertie's got to get some, uh, well, she's got to go shopping to, to you know, uh, spruce up her cart. All right, so this is a mid-90s drama, so we're, we're moving ahead a little bit on the old calendar, and it's a drama, it's a romance with a little bit of comedy mixed in. It stars up-and-coming, uh, late-80s, 90s actress Winona Ryder after she did the remake of Little Women with Susan Sarandon and before she was with Sigourney Weaver in Alien Resurrection. In this film, it's a bride-to-be. Finn Dodd, she hears tales of romance and sorrow from her elders as they construct a quilt. This film is a buddy movie with a cast of many leading ladies featuring Ellen Burstyn and the aforementioned Anne Bancroft as her grandmother and her great aunt. Next time on Matinee Minutia, How to Make an American Quilt. Hmm. Heard of it? Never seen it. This will be interesting. Yes, this is going to be a special tribute episode. Um... I'll speak more of it when the show commences, but uh, I recently learned that a dear teacher that was one of my favorites in school passed on. She was an English teacher, and I remember uh, watching this film in her class during finals week when you had extra time to be doing studying. I don't think I ever got my copy back, so I think she might have enjoyed it. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, Choppy. So if you would do us a favor, uh, you know, put on the old um, uh, Gracie Allen wig there. And uh, would you say goodnight in the ways of the old days of radio? Uh, Good night, Gracie. Okay, so for anybody within the sound of my voice, if you'll stay tuned, if you hang tight and keep on listening to the stream, we have the carousel, the jukebox of our other member shows, and uh, something will randomly pop up from another Univaz program. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia. Our show streams live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to univazpods.net. Click the tower for audio. Enter Discord for chat. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Tweet us on Twitter at Matinee Minutia. Find our group on Facebook. Have an idea for a show? Or why not let us know how we're doing? Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. Chubb's Gone Wild with Matt and Tom. Speak up. The Smellcast by Tommy Smelly. Be heard. Tastes like burning with Tim and James. Unique voices in podcasting. The Shy Life Podcast with me. Paul the Shy Yeti. Univazpods.net.